appreciate God's Word. It, it seems like even if you've read the same portion or the same psalm, when you go back and read it, again, it seems like the Lord always gives you something fresh from it. I love reading the psalms. And uh, I've been reading in Psalms chapter 18 and verse 16. It says, He drew me out of many waters. And I started thinking about, um, like, being in a river or, or being in a pool or something and it being over your head. And uh, our troubles sometimes are like many waters all around us. And sometimes they threaten to drown us or scare us. And David, even though he was helpless and weak and he felt like the waters around him were just rushing, he talked about how he drew me out of many waters. And the Lord knows exactly where you are. Even when we're in over our heads, it's still under his wings and under his care and under his love. And when you feel drowned in your troubles or hopes or circumstances, whatever it might be, we can just ask the Lord to help us because he loves us exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I'm thankful for his love. I'm thankful for the love that he's shown me ever since the moment that I asked him to come into my heart and save me. Jesus loves even me just like he loves you. to know that he loves us. Amen? I tell you, Janet hit them high notes. I even felt my glasses trembling for a minute there. That's great. Take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 2, the book of Acts chapter 2. And last Wednesday night, I began to share with you a few thoughts about becoming a growing church. I want us to think tonight about a growing church is a caring church. Would you stand as we honor the reading of his word and I want you to look at a text. We looked at one verse last week when we thought about a growing church is a friendly church. 
But uh, I want you to look at the text again, and I want you to notice the care that they demonstrated here in the early church. Verse 41, Acts chapter 2, we begin reading there. The scripture said, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Now look at verse 44 and verse 45. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Thank you. you may be seated. Let's pray. And then tonight, I want us to think about a growing church is a caring church. And I want us just to look at some things tonight about caring and just some practical ways that I trust will be practical ways just to how to care, what to do to care about other people. Let's pray. Our Father tonight, in Jesus' name, as we come to you, it is our desire to be a growing church. Father, we ask you now that you might help us in these Wednesday nights to learn some of the factors of a growing church, some of the things that will make a church grow or be a part of a growing church. Father, help us, Lord, to glean from them and to learn from them and then to apply the things that you teach us over these next few weeks. Lord, help us to be a caring group of people. So open our hearts tonight and help us to learn how to care. Help us to learn things tonight that will help us to be more of a caring church. Thank you for the love and care that is demonstrated here. But I pray you'd help us to learn even more how to care. So we'll thank you for what you do, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I mentioned last Wednesday night, we thought about a growing church is a friendly church. And what I did is I placed emphasis on how we're to greet people, how we're to approach people, how we are to react to people, how we're to treat people when they come to the church. As someone has well said, we'd ever get a second chance to make a first impression. And one church growth expert said that visitors will decide in the first seven minutes when they arrive at a church, whether or not they will go back to that church. As I said last week, being friendly is not the only factor that attracts people to a church, but it is a factor that cannot be ignored. And we just looked at some very, very simple things such as we'll do tonight. But let me ask you something. Let me find out, uh, again, as we said last Wednesday night, this is quite different than what I normally do, my style and whatever. This is a class. We're just making a class. And so, but I give you several things, but I want to ask you how well you learned from our class last, last week. Let me give you a real quick example. I wonder how many of you spoke to every visitor that you met this past Sunday. I mean, you saw visitors and you actually spoke to them. How many of you, would you raise your hand? Not enough of you. God forgive you. Say, say amen right there. Say amen right there. Say amen right there. I heard Steve over there. How many of you introduced yourself to a visitor this past Sunday. You introduced yourself, said, my name is so-and-so, whatever. They're great. 
How many of you did something to help a visitor this past Sunday? Maybe there was a need, you needed to show them a class or something like that. Did anybody help a visitor last Sunday? All right, some of you did. Well, now what I want you to get now, and I want you to understand, and I want everybody. We talked about last week that everybody has to be involved in this matter of being friendly. And uh, remember the things that I share with you. Put those into practice. And uh, don't wait for somebody else to do it. And that's what happens in a church. And all these things we're talking about is that we think, well, you know, that's just not me. It's not my way. It's not my personality, whatever there. And somebody else will do it. Now, if everybody thinks that way, then nobody will do it. So I want every one of you to be involved. A friendly church, a growing church is a friendly church. And when I think about being friendly, I think about a story that I cut out of the newspaper a number of years ago when I was in North Carolina. It was in the Winston-Salem Journal. There was an article in there entitled, A Friendly Community. Now, you may have heard this, but I have always loved this story. But uh, this article entitled, A Friendly Community, it told about a rather old-fashioned lady, a lady that was quite delicate and elegant, especially in her language. And she and her husband were planning a week's vacation, and they was a, there was a particular campground that they were looking at. So she wrote this campground to get some information about the campground. And one thing she wanted to know was if the campground was fully equipped, and especially she wanted to know if it had toilet facilities. But however, she could not bring herself to write the word toilet in her letter. Well, after much deliberation, she finally came up with the old-fashioned term bathroom commode. But when she wrote it down, she, thought it was, she still thought it was being somewhat too forward, so she started all over and rewrote the entire letter and simply referred to, referred to the bathroom commode as the B.C. And the question that she asked was, does the campground have its own B.C.? And so she sent a letter to the campground. Well, when they, the owner of the campground got the letter, he read it and he he wasn't quite sure what she meant by the letters B.C. He showed it to several campers, said, do you know what this lady is asking about? You're a camper here. Is there something, do you understand what she means by B.C.? And so finally they came to the conclusion that what she was asking about, she had to be asking about a Baptist church. So he sat down, and this is the letter that he wrote to the lady. He said, dear madam, I regret very much the delay in answering your letter, but I now take the pleasure of informing you that a B.C. is located nine miles north of the campground and is capable of seating 250 people at a time. It is located in a beautiful pine grove and is open only on Sundays and Wednesdays. Now, I admit it's quite a distance away if you're in the habit of going regularly, but no doubt you'll be pleased to know that a great number of people take their lunch alone and they make a day of it. They usually arrive early and stay late. The last time me and my wife went was six years ago, and it's so crowded that we had to stand up the whole time we were there. Sometimes it's so crowded there's five to a seat, but it may interest you to know that right now there's a supper plan to raise money to buy more seats. They're going to hold it in the basement of the B.C. I'd like to say that it pains me very much not to be able to go more regularly, but it is surely not a lack of desire on my part. As we grow older, it seems to be more of an effort, in, particularly in cold weather. But if you decide to come to our campground, perhaps I could go with you the first time and sit with you and introduce you to all the other folk. And we'll be sure to have a seat up front where everybody can see you. Just remember, we are a friendly community. Well, let me just say this. that When I talk about being friendly, I'm not talking about taking visitors to the bathroom, but I want you to be friendly. Can I get an amen there? 
but learn to be friendly. I want you to be friendly, and let's be a friendly church, and everybody do your part to be friendly. But tonight I want to say a word about a growing church is a caring church. When you look at the early church and the example of the early church you, that you find in our text, you find that they were among many things a caring group of believers. The love of God that had been shed abroad in their heart overflowed into unity. It overflowed into a selflessness on their part and a concern for one another. And that concern was expressed regardless of the cost. You look again at our text, verse 44 and verse 45. The Bible said, And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, thinking about the matter of a growing church, I want to just remind you of about four things I said to you last week, and then I'll think about, we'll look at this matter of a caring church. It's what I call church growth realities. Church growth realities. You remember what these four things were? Number one, we can have a growing church. That's church growth reality number one. Number two, we should want to be a growing church. Amen. We should want to be a growing church. Number three, we should become a growing church. And number four, we should settle for, we should settle for nothing less but a growing church, than a growing church. Those are church growth realities. I believe that. We can have a growing church. We should want to have a growing church. We should become a growing church, and we should settle for nothing less than a growing church. Now, how do we grow? I think, first of all, or as we look at our text tonight, that a caring church is a growing church. Notice verse 47, our text again. It talked about praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They had favor with the people. There was an attraction about this body of believers. They were drawn to this church. And one of the reasons people were drawn to this church is they found in these believers a caring community of believers. May I say tonight that a caring church is but a fulfillment of a biblical command. When I talk tonight about, about being a caring church, I want to remind you that what I'm talking about is but a command that's been given to us by God. It's something that we ought to do. We ought to do it because we're told by God to do it. You'll find all through the Scriptures that it talks about being a caring body of believers. 1 Corinthians 12, 25. You remember when we went through Corinthians in chapter 12? We looked at this verse briefly, but it talks about there be no schism in the body. And that word schism, we get our word scissors from, like something being cut into. He's talking about there's to be no division in the body, but he said, but that members should have the same care one for another. He was saying about the church, to the church at Corinth there, that you should settle all of your differences, there should be healing to all of your division, that you might care one for another. A church is to be a caring body of believers. Similar commands are given in the Word of God, such as John 13, 34, where Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. We're to love one another. Galatians 5, 13, it talks about, Brethren, you've been called unto liberty, but only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. We are to love one another. We are to serve one another. And Galatians 6, 2 said that we are to bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, all of those verses imply a caring body of believers. So when I talk about the matter of caring tonight, I am simply talking about something that we have been commanded to do in the Bible. 
We have been commanded and commissioned by God to be a caring body of believers. So whether we grow or not, we ought to be a caring church. We want to grow. We want to attract people. We want to bring people in. We want to see people say, but we've got one to be friendly as we thought about last week. But two, we've got to be a caring body of believers and caring because that is the command of God. So let me just set before you tonight some very simple things about becoming a caring church. The first thing I want to look at is this. What does it mean to care? When I talk about the matter of caring, what does it mean to care? What do I mean when I talk about caring? Let me give you four simple things. One, when I talk about caring, I'm talking about that which means you take the focus off yourself and you put the focus on others. When you talk about a caring group of believers, caring one for another, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, or loving one another, John 13, or serving one another, Galatians 5, or bearing one another's burdens in Galatians chapter 6, I'm simply talking about somebody, whether it be an individual or group, that has taken the focus off themselves and the focus has become other people. I think we're a very, very selfish generation. And it reflects itself in the church many times. Not just here, but anywhere. And I say church, I mean church in general. That what we do is when we come to church, basically we're thinking only of ourselves. What am I going to get at church today? And if we don't get our needs met or get blessed as we think we ought to, then we go home and gripe and complain and we say, well, I didn't get fed today or I didn't get blessed today, whatever. We are a people that has become so inwardly focused. That all we think about is our life. When it comes to trials, we are concerned about our trials and our trials only. When we think about our burdens, we think about our burdens, what I am going through, what I am not uh, having, what I am going experiencing, this kind of thing. We, become, we are a people that is so focused on themselves that we have totally lost sight of others around us. But when I talk about the matter of caring, I'm talking about you getting the focus off yourself and getting the focus on others. Not necessarily what you are going through, but what are others going through? Not necessarily what your needs are, but what are the needs of others? It is looking at others and seeing others and being sensitive to others. When I talk about caring, I'm talking about someone that others has become a priority in their life. That's the first thing. Second thing, when I talk about caring, I'm talking about that, which means that you take an interest in others and the needs in their life. You have not only taken the, taken the focus off yourself and put the focus on others, but what you do in the process is that you genuinely become interested in what somebody else is going through. You become very interested in their heartaches. You become very interested in their needs. You become very interested in their problems, whatever they're going through the things they are concerned about, the things that are touching their life, you become very, very interest in them, interested in them and in the needs of their life. They're not just things that you hear about that goes in one ear and out the other. It's not just things that you just kind of have the little cliche, well, God bless your heart. You really become interested. A caring person is someone that has a genuine interest in what somebody else is going through. A caring person is someone that has a real heartfelt interest in people and their needs. That's the second thing I mean when I talk about caring. When I talk about caring, thirdly, I'm talking about an activity whereby you take steps to love and to befriend and to help a person in the time of need. It's not just that you take your focus off yourself and you begin to look at others and you have a genuine interest in what they're going through and the needs in their life, 
but you carry that a step further by becoming involved in their needs and involved in their situations and the burdens of their life. It is an activity where you take certain steps, and we're going to just suggest a few steps in a moment, but there are certain things that you do, steps that you take to be able to help that individual, to help them bear their load and to minister to them as they're going through certain situations in their life. You are caring about someone else. Again, you're not locked in your own little world and forgetting about everybody else, but other people become very, very important to you, and you take steps to help them in the time of need. The fourth thing I would say when I talk about caring, what I mean by caring, I'm simply talking about being a Christian. For when you talk about a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, and I call myself a Christian, basically what I mean when I make that statement is I am talking about being Christ-like. The term Christian was a term that was given as a term of reproach in the very beginning, as a very, very good uh, connotation to it now. We speak of a Christian, and we speak of it in favorable terms. But the first time you find the word Christian in the Bible, you'll find that it was a term of reproach that was attached to a group of people that were identified with Jesus Christ. In a world that scorned them, in a world that hated them, they spoke about the believers as Antioch, in Antioch as Christians, people that are followers of Christ. And when we talk about being a Christian, we're talking about being identified with Christ. We're talking about a reflection of Christ in our life. And when I talk about caring, I am simply talking about being a Christian. Because a Christian, a Christ-like believer, is someone that will be like Christ in what they do, and you cannot divorce caring from our Lord. Because our Lord was the most caring individual that you could ever study or consider. When I talk about caring, I'm talking about simply being a Christian. It means that you take the focus off yourself and you focus on others. It means that you take an interest in others and the needs in their life. It is an activity whereby you take steps to love, to befriend, and to help a person in the time of need. It is simply being what you are in Christ, a Christian. That's what I mean when I talk about caring. Well, how can we care one for another? I want you to jot these down. They're very, very simple. Write them down. I'm talking about caring. We want to be a caring church. We want to be a friendly church, just like I give you some suggestions to do and hope that every one of you begin to participate and that next week that there'll be many more hands that will be raised that I greeted visitors and spoke to visitors, introduced myself and helped visitors and whatever, but also in the matter of caring. How can we care one for another? Jot these simple things down. One, listen to prayer requests and take notice of the burdens that people have. A lot of times we take prayer requests and people share prayer requests in Sunday school and our small groups and different things like that. And they may mention a child that is away from God. They may mention uh, this need in their life. They have a mother that is sick or a father or a brother or a sister or something like that. And they may mention that. And uh, what happens many times is that we, we hear that and whatever and we maybe have prayer for them in the class or the service like that. But after that, we basically forget it. But when you listen to prayer requests, I want you to learn to take notice of what people say. That it's not just somebody over on the left side of the building that's, you know, asking people to pray about something, especially in the tops of the Lord's Day, teachers' officers praying on Sunday morning. And there's when people share a lot of requests, pray for their children, pray for my brother, pray for this and whatever there. It's not just that somebody over here is, is sharing something wants to pray about or somebody over there, whatever, but you actually listen. And you listen because you care about that individual. And you take notice of what they are saying. And as you listen to them, you pick up 
on burdens they are carrying in their life. Here's so-and-so they mentioned. And you maybe hear this person say, pray for my children week after week after week after week. And when you hear that, then you begin to get the idea that that really means something to that mother or that dad. They got children that's away from God. They got children that are unsaved. And maybe your children are saved, but you ought to think about it. What if my children were not saved? I would want people to pray for my children. I'd want people to really get a hold of God for my children. I want people to really care about what the burden of my heart and really care about the matter. I'm talking about you just when prayer requests. That's just one area. But you take notice of the burdens that people are bearing, and they become more than things that are said, but they are things that become a part of your heart. You become caring for them. And then second of all, you take some action to show that person that you care. And this is the heart of what I want you to get. Caring is more than words. Like you take the matter of love. You find if you read and study love, you'll find that most writers will tell you that love is better described or better uh, displayed than it is defined. And love, a lot of times we think love is a feeling. Love is a choice. And when it comes to this matter of caring, it is much more than getting a mushy feeling about somebody else. It is putting into action certain deeds to help people. Take some action to show that person that you care for them. Can I suggest to you some simple ways in which you can, an action that you can take to show someone that you care? For one thing, speak to them. Tell them that you love them. Tell them you're going to be praying for them. You hear somebody share a request or somebody you know about a need in their life, someone says so-and-so's having a hard time, maybe when you pass them or even take the initiative to find them before you leave but walk up to them and say to them, I want you to know I'm praying for your children. I'm praying for your loved one that's in the hospital. or Whatever the need is, whatever the burden is, just take a moment just to speak to them. You'll never know this side of eternity what it means to somebody's heart that somebody would just take just a moment just to stop and look them in the eye and say, I want you to know that I'm praying for you or I'm praying about this need in your life. I just want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for you. That can mean a world to that person with a heavy heart. Speak to them. Second thing you could do is call them. Maybe you don't see them at church, but you hear about them. But maybe during the week as you pray, the Spirit of God will bring somebody to your mind. And the Spirit of God brings that person to your mind. Maybe it's in your, pri- in your quiet time, in your private devotions, or when you're just stopping in the middle of your day and you're sitting down and just being still and letting God talk to you for just a few moments. So God will bring somebody to your mind and you'll think about it in the individual. i tell you one way you can show that you care. Just pick, take a moment to pick up the telephone and call them and just say, I want you to know that I love you and that I'm praying for you. Care. Call them. i tell you another thing you can do. And many of you do this. Send them a note. Send them a letter. Send them a card. Takes just a few cents. And if you can't afford stamps, we've got a couple, several folk here that work at the post office. We'll get them to swap some stamps. We'll get them for you. And, uh, but uh, send them a note. Many of you, I know many of you are really, you're in the, in the sending cards and things. And you'll never know. I get cards and notes from folks all the time. Somebody, maybe he'll drop me a note. I got a note this week about the sermon on Sunday. I got to get notes from this, that, and the other and different things. And folks will write me and drop me a note and thank me for this, thank me for coming by here, thank me for that or whatever, or just a word. Or just, just sometimes we'll get a note that just said, just want you to know that I love you and praying for you. You'll never know what it means to my heart. 
And it means, you know what it means to your heart for somebody to drop you a note. You've got a burden, you've got a need in your life. And for somebody to send you a note, that says to you, that person's been thinking about you, that person cares about you, and that person is interested in what's going on in your life. Send them a note. I tell you another thing you can do is visit them. Somebody's in the hospital, visit them. Somebody in the nursing home, visit them. Somebody's got a need, maybe going by and just going by to see them and have prayer with them. Another thing you could do is to do something for them. It's much more than just saying, hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you or giving them a call or sending them a note or visiting them. It may be there's something that you can do for them. Maybe fix a meal, maybe do this, maybe do that, maybe slip them some money, whatever it might be. But I'm talking about taking some action to show people that you really care. Speak to them, call them, send them a note, visit them. Do something for them. Thirdly, when you're talking about caring for one another, don't forget them. Don't forget them. Maybe it's somebody you hear so your heart's touched about somebody's need on Sunday morning. You walk up to them and you speak to them. You say, I want you to know I'm love, I love you and I'm, I'm going to be praying for you. Uh, don't let that be the only instant that you express your love and care. Don't forget them. Stay in touch with them. Check on them from time to time. Call, call them back. Write them another note. Whatever it is, visit them again. Just keep on showing that love. Keep on caring for them. Another thing, number four, and this is applying to Sunday school classes. Sunday school classes should have a program whereby they care for the members of the Sunday school class. And this is something we'll work on in the days to come and whatever there. But every Sunday school class ought to be a small group of caring believers. I've said this before, our Sunday school is absolutely critical to what this church does in the future. Because it is impossible, it is impossible for everybody in this number, and we're not a large church, but we're not a small church either. But it is impossible for everybody and just the number we have to get to know everybody. I've, I struggle with it all the time, trying to remember names, and remembering names has always been a priority to me. I try hard to remember people's names. But I, I, I struggle to try to remember names. And sometimes it takes a minute. The old uh, computer, the old hard drive, don't pull it up quite as quick as it used to and whatever like that. But uh, uh, every, the small groups becomes that group where you get to know people. It would be impossible to get to know everybody, but that's why Sunday school is important for you to be in Sunday school so you can develop friendships and relationships with other Christian people, people you can get to know and whatever there. But it's also important for us to be able to care for the folks. Now, what happens many times, we get the idea that the caring ministry is in the church office, and the church office is involved in caring. But it is impossible, impossible, for us in the office, just me or Brian or whoever may be involved there, it is impossible for us to keep up with five and six hundred members and maybe more. There's no way that we can know everything that's going on in people's lives. There's no way we can know everything that's going on. If we don't get a call, we don't know that somebody's in the hospital. If somebody doesn't tell us about somebody's burden in trial, we'll never know about it. It's impossible for us as just two or three people to keep up with everybody. But when it becomes a small group like in a Sunday school class, then people are better informed and they're able to stay in touch with people much better than one or two taking care of 600 
So the small group Sunday school becomes absolutely vital as far as a church is concerned when it comes to fellowship and relationship and even in the matter of caring. That re- for that reason, every Sunday school class ought to be a group of caring believers. Every Sunday school class ought to have a caring ministry. Every Sunday school class ought to be a caring group. And if your ch- class does not have caring, if you're the teacher tonight, then you need to start caring. If you are a member in that class, then you need to go to your teacher and say, we need to start caring. Now, how can a Sunday school class care for one another? Again, go back over these four simple little things. You ought to have people in the class who call and check on others. People in Sunday school class, you ought to have people in your class that call and check on people. Well, you know people are going through things in their life and needs in their life. Every Sunday school class ought to have somebody, some kind of organization within that class where you got people in that Sunday school class that are calling and checking on people who have needs in their life. Every Sunday school class, too, ought to have people who send notes and cards. Every Sunday school class ought to have someone sending out cards every week to absentees, to uh, people that are in their church, in their class that they know are going through trials and burdens in their life. They ought to have cards that are going out and going out on a regular basis. Every Sunday school class, thirdly, ought to have people who do things to help when they, people need help. They ought to be, have people in those classes that are doing things to help people when they, or members in their class, are needing help. And fourthly, people who stay in touch with them. That's very easy to do. All you've got to do is just, uh, just organize your class to do so. But why, why even worry about that? Because we're to be a caring group of believers. Am I not right? We are to care one for another. And if we're to care one for another, then we are to do everything we can to care one for another. God forbid, now listen to me carefully tonight, God forbid that in our desire to grow and to expand and develop numerically and spiritually as we grow, God forbid that we get to the point that all that we have is a crowd on Sunday morning and Sunday night. If that's what our motive is, then we're in the wrong business. And if that's all we're living for, just to draw a crowd to come in and sit down and sing a few songs and me share a few thoughts, maybe entertain the group, then we've missed the whole purpose of being here. We want to be involved in the lives of people, caring one for another, developing means whereby we can better care for one another. Five. Are you still with me tonight? Say amen. Number five. Get this one. Don't wait for others to care. Care yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to care about other people. You start caring. Same, same thing going back to being friendly. Don't wait for somebody else to be friendly. The simple truth is I know what I want every one of you to be friendly. I know that not every one of you will be friendly. Some of you, by the help and the grace of God, I only think even then you could be friendly. Can I get an amen right there? Some folks, I think you were just born to be rude and, and uh, just mistreat people. I, I just think it's in your genes. I, I don't know. You just can't help it. You've got to be miserable and everybody else around you miserable. I think it's some folks just that way. You're born that way and even God can't change you. Can I get an amen? But when it comes to being friendly, I, I, I know that everybody, but what I want to say is that everyone, you start being friendly. Don't wait on somebody else to be friendly. And when it comes to the matter of caring, don't wait for somebody else to care. You start caring. Care yourself. And then let me just remind you one last thing, that caring does not have to be an organized church ministry. 
Now, well, let's talk about Sunday school classes. Every Sunday school class being a care. I'm, what I'm, I'm not indicating that you do not have caring groups in your classes. That's not what I mean. Many of you do. And I'm not indicating that we don't care when I talk about caring. But every Sunday school class ought to be a caring group of believers. You're a small group, therefore it makes you so critical in the caring and keeping in touch with the people. But I want you to understand something. When it comes to caring, it does not have to be an organized ministry. You ought to just care because it's just the Christian thing to do. Well, my class, I've been trying to get them to, to do things for others and trying to get them to work more on following up on absentees and whatever there, but I just can't get my teacher to do anything. Well, two things. Number one, let me know who your teacher is. And number two, you care anyway. You care anyway. If nobody else in your class cares, you care. If our church doesn't have any kind of organized ministry and method of caring, then care anyway. Being serving God, don't confine your Christian life and your service to just what you do on Sunday and Wednesday and maybe some other organized times. Live out Christ in your life. And let it be your very life. Caring is something you do because of who you are. Care all the time. Don't wait to have a job to care. Just care. Don't wait to get a position to care. Care. Don't wait for organization to care. Just care. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, folks in this world we live in, and we have a messed up world, as you know, and there's a lot of heartaches, and there's a lot of burdens, and there's a lot of trials, and people are hurting everywhere. And this old world is hungry for somebody that will just love them and care for them. And that's why I want our church to be a caring church. I want it to be a church where, in in an organized way, we're caring, but then again, behind the scenes that we never know anything about, we got a group of people that just care one for another. A growing church is a caring church. Are you with me? Now, listen to me. Number one, our church can be a growing church. Do you believe that? Two, we should want to be a growing church. We should become a growing church. And we should settle for nothing less than a growing church. And a growing church. It's not the only thing that makes a church grow, but a growing church is a caring church. Let's stand on our feet. Take your prayer sheet tonight. We're going to come and pray and work these things, pray these things into our heart tonight. It's your prayer sheet. Our missionary of the week is Gene and Cindy Lewis. I think they're supported by the fellowship class, and they served the Lord in Canada for a number of years, and now they're in the home office of BIMI. So we'll remember Gene and Cindy Lewis. Also, our church of the week is Calvary Baptist Church in Marion, Virginia. Marion Boggs is the pastor. And many of you remember Marion, who had the youth retreat the kids were with in uh, December back at Christmas. But let's remember Calvary Baptist and Marion Boggs. And then in the hospital, there's several in the hospital. We've had some that's went home this week, but we've had several this week. Ms. Dantzler, of course, is still at Memorial Hospital. She has cancer and recovering from surgery. Danny Woods is at Memorial Hospital. He has the problem with his leg. Frances Helton is, has some kind of virus, and she is in Memorial Hospital as well. 
Luther Jones had the hip surgery. He is in Siskins Rehab. And then Pam King is back at Erlanger Hospital. This is Linda King's daughter. And then, of course, R.J. City is home from the hospital where he, had, uh, he went home yesterday. Uh, so he's got a long process of recovering. And then, as I mentioned, our senior high group, I have a large group up there, and the uh, Youth Conference, Youth Alive in Yatkinville, North Carolina. So let's remember them. I want you all to come now. Let's just gather around the altar, do three things. Pray for our Missionary of the Week, pray for our Church of the Week, and then ask God to help you to be a caring person. Caring person, caring for someone else, loving one, someone else, just caring like Jesus. Sure. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Right. Amen. And we want more and more to become a part of caring. Let's pray. Our Father, tonight in Jesus' name, as we come to you, we come tonight to lift up these requests to you. We lift up the Lewis family. We pray you bless their ministry. Use them as they give direction to the many missionaries that serve in Canada in different places. Bless Jean and Cindy Lewis tonight. Prosper them and give them a fruitful ministry. Then we pray tonight for Calvary Baptist Church in Marion, Virginia. Brother Boggs, we thank you for his friendship. We thank you, Lord, for his zeal for God and his vision and things that he wants to do and attempting to do for you. Bless in all that he's doing. Father, if I believe he's in Africa this very week serving you. And so I pray you bless him there as he speaks to the groups in Africa. But bless the ministry there in Marion, Virginia. Then, Lord, for all of our sick folk, those in the hospital, I pray you touch them. Those who have come home from the hospital, I pray you minister to them. And, Father, tonight we ask you now to help us to care one for another. We do thank you for the many who care and for the care that is shown here day in and day out. Lord, give us many others. May we all become Lord, a caring people, living for others, thinking about others, helping others, ministering to others, touching the lives of others. So, Father, help us to be a caring church, caring church in a very, very special way that our, we're constantly, as a church, touching the lives of other people and ministering to people. We thank you, Lord, for all you've enabled us to do and for the many, many people we've been able to help and do as a body of believers. Help us to do more. Help us to care more. Give us a heart for others. Lord, we do want to grow. And Father, you know our motive tonight that, Lord, we're not just wanting to grow, but there's a reason. We want to reach people, have more people here, and see more people saved, and see people grow spiritually in their walk with you to be all that we should be. So, Father, tonight in Jesus' name, let us be a friendly church. Let us be a caring church in a very, very special way. So work these things into our heart. And over the next few days, may they many begin to move into a mode of caring. Thank you for those who do. Give us many more like them. And we'll thank you and praise you. Give us a great day on the Lord's Day. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Are you glad to be saved tonight? Amen. Be friendly. Be caring. You're dismissed. Shake hands and fellowship as you leave tonight. Put these things into practice.